coming to you from beyond the veil, where anything is possible and nothing is beyond your reach, where time and space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Open your minds, open your hearts, and get ready for a one-way trip into the unknown. This is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist. Welcome to Messages from the Multiverse. This is a very special episode, episode 13, and we have something very special planned for this episode. Before we get into it, I want to remind you all that Hypnotropia has teamed up with Cymatics, Hypnosis, Meditation Music, and Soundscapes to bring you a special deal that will save you 20% on anything you purchase from the Cymatics website when you enter the promo code MULTIVERSE. That's M-U-L-T-I-V-E-R-S-E. Lee Spusta at Cymatics produces the most effective soundscapes that I've ever used. I use them in every session. And whether you're using them to enhance your own meditations or your therapeutic practice, Cymatics is the number one choice. Several types of technology go into each track. To learn more, check out episode three of this podcast, Sound, Vibration, and Consciousness with Lee Spusta. And definitely go to the Cymatics website at www.hypnosismeditationmusic.com. Of course, hypnotropia is always your best choice for hypnotherapy anytime you want to tap into the power of your subconscious mind, enhance your creativity, resolve and release past issues, fears, phobias, etc. One thing you will hear in this episode is that the path to true freedom is to set yourself free by going within. Whether you are a successful entrepreneur, a struggling student, a police officer, or a veteran with PTSD, or a perfectly well-adjusted member of society, there's always something to gain by going within and getting to know yourself better, and we can help you with that. You can always contact us through hypnotropia.com, that's H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A.com, or you can contact me directly at ian at hypnotropia.com, or give us a call at 818-618-6249. Now we can get to the show. Today is the 13th episode, and in a way, we have 13 guests. First, we'll start with the main guest, Grace Cavanaugh. Then she will be channeling Osira, a collective of 12 beings from hyperspace, I guess you could say. I'm going to have a chance to speak directly with Osira in the second half of the show, and I'll even be asking a question or two which have been submitted by our listeners. Grace Kavanaugh has been spiritually open and sensitive her whole life. Often when people have the types of abilities that she has, they really just want it to stop. Grace has gone beyond that and even beyond acceptance and has found a way to use her gift to help others. She's a certified hypnotherapist and does channeling sessions with individuals who are interested in a chance to converse with Osira as well. Her website is eternallightfoundation.com, and I'm going to leave it up to Grace to tell her story because it is a fascinating and incredibly inspiring story. So let's just jump right in. Okay, we have Grace Kavanaugh here at Hypnotropia in Encino. Thanks for joining us here at Messages from the Multiverse. We're here to talk about um, you channeling Osira and anything else that comes up. So uh, why don't we just take a second and um, just find out a little bit about who you are and what you do and how it all started. Mm, thanks so much for having me here. Um, so I, I, you know, I honestly could say it started when I was a little girl, but I was not aware of my quote unquote gifts. Mm. I was very um, psychic, you could say. I, I just was really in tune. I also was really, really, really aware of past life um, that I had already lived here before. Mm -hmm. When I was five, I was really cognizant of oh my God, I'm here again, This is I'm doing this again. Oh, I was, wow. yeah, and I didn't have a, a touchstone to a life, I just already knew being here. Right. You know, I just was like, 
I can literally remember a day when I was five years old, standing in, a, in on the street corner in Carlsbad. I grew up down there, uh -huh. and uh, plugging into this. Oh, okay, so we're doing this again, kind of thinking. Was it like a familiarity or like deja vu? What? What? what did Not deja like? vu, um, because that is such a different experience. Um, no, it, and the only word I have for it is knowing. It was knowing. Mm -hmm. It washed through my whole body that I knew that I, oh, I'm here again. Mm -hmm. Like my consciousness, here I am a little five-year-old. So I'd already been here for five years and whatever I already knew up until that point was there, but, but some aspect of me recognizing that, mm -hmm. like what we could say, maybe it's the egoic self, right. recognized that I had a knowing that I had already lived here before like and um, it was like uh, it was just so interesting I, I, I feel it in my body I can recall the day and it was just like oh yeah we're, so we're here again we're doing this again that didn't lead me anywhere it was just that landed and I became conscious of it hmm. so maybe I knew for four years oh yeah here we are again right all those four years up to that day of the being five at what point makes us have memory or makes us have a different kind of connection to the consciousness within us. Mm -hmm. So when I was little, that's when that part landed. And, <clears throat> and I also, at, that, at a very young age, had this uh, ability, we could say, um, to be able to see the light in everything and, and literally the energetic vibrations in things. So I could look at things, including inanimate objects, and see, I, I describe it now as an adult, as like the electrons moving around inside the thing. Mm -hmm. I could see that it was light, it was, it, it, and, it, and it moved, even though it was a table or it was a chain link fence. Right. And so um, I believe at some point, um, you know, it was like I could, we could call it, uh, my, I was seeing an aura too. You know, I could see the energy off the trees, mm -hmm. and I could see the vibration of this energetic thing, force, going on around the tree. And to me, my interpretation of that when I was really little was, it was like golden light. Uh -huh. And so to me, the whole world was full of light when I was little. And I, um, I honestly thought everybody kind of saw it that way mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, you know, um, so I, I was keenly intuitive we could say I wouldn't always say psychic because it wasn't like I was doing predictions or anything it, right. it wasn't like I was um, I was having experiences sort of in that multi-dimensional way that we call that um, in dream time and at sleep time and stuff like that um, and I was highly attuned to being intuitive and then being able to see that stuff um, I think at some point I kind of wanted to turn it off uh -huh. because I knew that there was something later, especially as I got older, that um, maybe it scared me, I don't know. And then I just sort of turned that off for a while, even though I was always sort of on the spiritual path, even um, my mom was always sort of on a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't go to church. This is an interesting side note. <laughs> I didn't go to church, church, like I didn't go to Catholic church or Christian church until I was much later in my teens almost um, with my boyfriend or, or, or girlfriends or friends. You know, we would go to church if that was the thing. Uh -huh. But I didn't get a lot of 
I would call it programming or at the early ages from organized religion. Right. Um, my mother did go to um, like Paramahansa Yoganandas uh -huh. uh, when I was four. I remember going to the one in Encinitas and she was on her own spiritual quest, but she was not too dogmatic in religion and everything. So I didn't get a like a heaven and hell thing. Right. And when I conceived that that was there, people that they believed in that by the time I was in my teens or whatever, early, early teens, maybe 13, 12, 13, 14, and then into high school, um, and I would go to religion and churches, um, it, was, it just was kind of mind-boggling that people way that they, they literalized right. this stuff about religion and, and a word being passed down through how many hundreds of years and how many different people rewriting the story. So I had a very, very different take on that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I will say though that at around five years old, I, uh, we lived in Carlsbad down in Cal you know, down south by San Diego. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I wanted to go to this church on the corner of the, um, where we lived because I always saw people standing outside. And I told my mom, I said, I wanna go there because um, everybody seems happy and they're out standing there and they're eating they're, they were just seemed social and I didn't feel like we did anything social so I wanted to go there so she took me there she took me um, to go to the Sunday school and um, I did and I do remember this kind of goes back to them being older and going to churches with other friends um, that I remember them saying some things like um, you know Jesus is God and now to tell you the truth I don't know which religion says that today mm -hmm. like I don't know which I don't I really don't know which one says that um, but that Jesus is God and I remember sitting in that church in Carlsbad and I was kind of flabbergasted I was like I was like how come they think that like I just knew that that I, mean, I hate to say it like that for the people who it might offend but what I knew inside of me was that that wasn't the truth, right. quote unquote, uh -huh. um, that Jesus was a man. I knew that Jesus was a man or I felt that that was the truth, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't, I wondered why. I was, I wanted to laugh and I couldn't believe it. And I remember looking around thinking, why do they all think that? That Jesus was God. Uh -huh. And because, and I think this is why, because when I looked into the world, I literally interpreted that light and that energy and that force as God. Uh -huh. And God was in everything. Right. So it wasn't to me as a five-year-old that God was in Jesus. Mm -hmm. God was in everything. God was in Jesus, right? But right. God was in us and God is in us and God is in the plants and God is in the things we create even because it is a force. Mm -hmm. It is creation. So kind of weird you know that I was like that kind of way kind of wired right off the bat like that and um, and so my journey has been kind of the roundabout long version way to get me to here which was in some ways I turned myself off I was always on a spiritual path you know I read many lives many masters when I was about 20 and I'm now 25 years older at least maybe more than that <laughs> and um, and uh, had no idea what I really wanted to do, but I found all that stuff intriguing, totally. It was a part of my journey of life, but I thought I was gonna do a bunch of other things, you know? I, I went on to do the things, some of, many of the things that I wanted to do, 
I wanted to be an actor, so I came to LA and I, be, I quickly got into commercials and I just made a living for 15, almost 15, 17 years in commercials. So I had a lot of experience and had a great experience with that kind of play in life and you know it wasn't an easy road either but um, and then I had my children and I had a pretty extreme beginning awakening process is what I kind of call it now. In 2005 my, um, my dad was suddenly killed in a head-on car crash. Sorry that's, that's sudden. That's brutal. Yeah, it's yeah, really that's just, and it was the first person for me, my first person. Shocking to yeah. the system, huh? Totally. Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful that we had some closure because I always, ha see, it's kind of crazy because I had a kind of a feeling of that premonition coming. Uh -huh. um, the last time that I saw him walking away from me and my daughter in Northern California, as he walked away, we just had breakfast and I was going to drive back down south. As he walked away and waved to me, I heard the little voice say, look really hard. It's the last time you'll see him. It was really intense. Wow. And so I did. I just listened to the voice and I absorbed that visual memory. And I waved to him and then um, that was in August and he died in November. So it was the last time I saw him in person. But I'm glad we had some closure and some healing and I don't feel like things were unsaid or mm -hmm. undone or messed up, so that is good. But I did go through a pretty shocking kind of experience. And one of the things that I think came out of that is that um, I started to have psychic phenomenon land in my, in my experience on a regular basis. Um, so I think something opened in me. And I guess we could call it as a result of that shocking experience. Um, I started to feel his presence very, very strongly. Um, I felt like I was seeing other presences around. I started to have lots of different things that now I can identify as what people do go through in different kinds of phases of an awakening. Some called these later, two, three years later, I realized I was having a Kundalini experience as well, mm -hmm. awakening. But I didn't know that at the time. And it's, what's really f very funny is that in 2016, here we are in 2016, you know, that's almost 10 years ago that all this stuff was happening to me. Uh -huh. And um, in 10 years, we have accelerated so, so much in the conversation of these things. Yeah. When I was going through this at that time, there was nothing out there. Right. It's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, I was going through it at the same time. Yeah. And the Kundalini experience, that in itself can be very shocking oh, and confusing. Very. Yeah. Most people don't know what's happening to them. Yeah. And if you don't know the word Kundalini awakening, some people just think they're losing, losing their mind. Losing their mind. Yeah. I absolutely, at different points, thought that that I because what was I was trying to balance these two worlds. I was trying to raise two little girls. You know, I was getting a separation within the thir three months that my father died. I was separating from my husband of six years. So I was off to, you know, figure out how to become a, a single mom at, on some level. And, right. and, um, and this stuff was happening. And so I was like trying to b balance this reality and this other weird stuff that was just landing all the time. Uh -huh. Physical, emotional, psychological mm -hmm. shifts. Right? Yeah, transitions and... Yeah. 
It was All big. Kinds of stuff, huh? Yeah, it was really big. Um, and I was being able to sense energies, see them. Um, and what would we say about that? Like ghosts or spirits. Yes, I would see them. And I would see them attached to their people. Mm-hmm. So I could see people walking around in the world and it became very difficult. I didn't know how to handle it. And there wasn't a lot of people out there, you know, um, to give support or reflection. Right. Now I feel like you can Google that stuff and yeah. it's all over, including me, because I'm like, I know what I went through. There's nothing that can take away the experiencer, right? So when you have experienced something that is, you know, you are not making up or hallucinating or it is your your true experience, mm-hmm. no one can take that from you. And right. so I feel like I have a, a real ability to help and identify with people when they're going through something that's pretty extreme like that. In a sense, it's kind of similar to what you were going through as a child, too, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, as a child, having experiences like that, you, you kind of feel the same way, like there's, there aren't a whole lot of people who understand what it is that you're saying or experiencing. Right. You're not really sure how to describe it or connect with yeah. people who, who know, so. Yeah, and I would tell a few friends, and then I was actively seeking help at mm-hmm. some points because it was just so overwhelming that um, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what was going on. It wasn't like I could say I was a channeler. I didn't even know that at that point. Things were coming in and I was seeing, it was a whole bunch of stuff. And at some point, like I literally was seeing things that would manifest in the air. And I know that if I did not have a a a foot in this reality strongly, that I would have for sure thought that I was losing my mind Mm -hmm. because the world sort of programs us with that too. Right. We, it's not acceptable. You must be hallucinating, you, you know, uh, the taboo somehow of, of psychics phenomenon on any level, mm-hmm. whether or not that's you can see things or you're clairvoyant or claircognizant or clairaudient, however it is that things like that, we're, we've been, especially in our culture, I just feel like we just not supported in that as we grow up to realize that that side of life exists too. Yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy in our culture because we have that and then we have the whole internet and Google thing where anything is accessible. And now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so now I think <laughs> that is what is uh, opened up this so much more, I say, in the last 10 years especially because yeah. even in 2006 and seven, I remember Googling, I literally was so desperate to try to find someone to help me to navigate these things and feel like I had like an apprentice, like I could be an apprentice or a mentor, I could find a mentor how to do these things. And so I read or watched videos, um, some of the, or heard videos like of Abraham and stuff like that. I already knew about that, but um, I just was looking for anybody to help me. I did end up going and meeting Lisa Williams, who is, she had a TLC show and she's a psychic. And she sees dead people. And she's been doing it for years and years and years. Mark Griffin brought her over from the UK. And um, she had a show. And she's a true medium. And I went to see her. And I, I did like this workshop with her. And at one point, um, you know, I was trying to, I was talking to her. And I was saying, you know, my 
experiences so I don't I don't know what to do because I feel like I gotta take care of these two little kids but I feel like I could go off the deep end with what I'm seeing and experiencing all the time and I don't know what to do with that and I was already beginning to channel you could say because I would just get these downloads mm -hmm. well and it started in meditation so um, I can backtrack on that but she gave me some real you know sometimes we do need a validator yeah we need people in this world to confirm things about what is happening for mm -hmm. us whether or not that's you're in therapy for issues that happened when you were a child and you need somebody to validate that that was wrong or yeah. whatever it's kind of like an anchor yeah to hold you to that you're not losing your mind because you're feeling the things or uh -huh. seeing the things or hearing emotionally and so how that affects us in the world and um, she did she she just it was kind of amazing of course it wasn't expected but she just put her hand on my, sh her, my shoulder and she said grace you're beyond me. You're 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 not a medium the same way I'm a medium. I'm in the middle. I'm a medium. I'm tra I'm translating. You are a clear channel. And I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, like I I that landed in my world and it became clear to me. And then she taught me that I could have boundaries with this stuff, which was something that I didn't understand or uh -huh. know. I didn't know that I could claim and say what I was willing to do uh -huh. or be in this process. And you know, I probably think I could have even said, no, I don't want to do any of it. That's probable and possible. Through an act of asserting your will? I think, yeah. I think, because there are, there are sort of these universal principles and right. universal kinds of laws that, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really understand, but right. I can say that I believe really are there. And, um, and so I sort of set my boundaries with that. I was seeing a lot of people's people who passed and I wasn't really wanting to be a person who saw dead people. Mm -hmm. It didn't mean that I didn't appreciate that experience or like that I, you know, people do that. Um, I felt like it was in some ways more work and it may not have been, but my boundary became that, okay, I don't really want to see them all the time, you know? So it kind of gradually lessened is how it went. It's not like it turned off one day. Right. It just kind of shifted over some time. And I said also that it's only if I, I have to, if you really need, if it really needs me to, to do something or see something that would be important, really, really important, then I'll, you know, I'm here for that. Um, and so what I kind of focused on was working on my own ability to, to I was expanding, that's the best word for it, really channel what was coming through. Because it literally was like, I was going through periods of time where I would literally, my, my crown here at the top and my chakra would just feel like it every, just like lit up and went out and plugged into stuff. Mm -hmm. And all at the same time. So it would all plug in out here and it would just give me all this information and it would just download through my head and I would I could not keep up with it fast enough and it was really intense it was just tons of information and I didn't know how that was gonna serve me or anybody else mm -hmm. if I couldn't kind of harness what needed to be coming right. through and so um, so that was happening amongst other things that are just kind of wild and crazy um, crazy in the way of interesting when people talk about it right because we have movies that that show these sides of things and sometimes they show them in the good light and sometimes not a good light and I just think that everything exists is what I've now learned everything everything, uh -huh. everything. 
And so sometimes I would be afraid of things that were unknown to me that I was seeing or experiencing. Um, and I would kind of shut those energies down. And then I also realized, wow, I was blessed to see that energy. So why didn't I keep that open? And so I learned a lot. And um, I had a lot of anxiety about learning this stuff or the energies that I was seeing or the energies that was moving through my body. And, and so I started to meditate in order to try to calm myself and try to channel that energy into a place where I could, you know, feel more grounded and not so anxious. Yeah. And um, and I also went to practice to learn to do Qigong because Qigong helps you harness energy. Mm -hmm. That really helped me um, hold the energy that was all over the place with me. Yeah. And, um, and eventually what that did was it really um, opened up in meditation especially the awareness that there was something else that was not me that wanted to talk. Okay. And that's where the channeling processing began. And um, really, I think really that began in very strongly in 2007. Mm -hmm. And then 2008 was like a huge uh, learning curve, 2008 and 2009. 2009 is when I really, um, really went public with it. I was doing it very internal and with friends and practicing and just feeling like it wasn't even practice like oh I want to set out to practice it was actually just how to harness it mm -hmm. how to allow it because it was knocking all the time and it was like a mission and I knew I couldn't walk away from it, it sounds really lame right well like a calling mm -hmm. yeah a but... part of my life really it wasn't like Oh, here's the funny thing. It wasn't like, oh, I should do this because eventually I'll create a website and I'll see people. Right. God, no. That was like nowhere on my radar about what this was going to be. I was literally sort of following blindly a spiritual path. Yeah, and just probably trying to figure out what was, what was going on, what was happening yeah, to you. Yeah, like how do I navigate this? How right. do I handle this? What is it for? Uh, if you are a consciousness that is coming through what what is this about and why yeah you know um so that's where that's where it began that's how i started there's a lot of stories within that yeah 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 um so who uh who or what comes through mm -hmm. then with your your channel with channeling i've seen you do it mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with it but i'd, I'd like to hear from you the the range mm -hmm. of uh, what comes through and who comes through. Okay. Um, Osira is their name. Their name because they're a collective of 12. Um, so how I say it is Osira is a collective of 12 who are light beings. I say light beings, but in some mind, sometimes I feel like they're angels. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like they're, they're pe and I, I believe that there's a like a, it's like a family of light because I think it's people, I don't want to say people, but I think it's consciousnesses who are like souls who are like raising their hands saying, yeah, I want to be a part of your big group and assist in any way I can. Mm -hmm. And so Osira is sort of the house of, like it's a name right. for all these souls who go, yeah, yeah, I want to join that. And their intention overall is, well, overall, absolutely is benevolence and informational assistance and teachings 
for the highest good for humanity. And is it, uh, is it just humanity that they work for and with, or, or are they providing their uh, guidance to other mm. intelligent consciousness out there too? I think my opinion, if I were to try to, try to answer that question, <laughs> would be that they're probably assisting other in, in, in a benevolent way. Mm -hmm. And because see, it's like how, like on any given day, like here today with you, you know, in channeling, when I channel, they'll come based upon you right. and this experience, this audience really. Mm -hmm. And um, so whoever's sitting before me, and if I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one session, or if I'm doing a group session like I'm gonna do later tonight, mm -hmm. Um, it's almost like 12 will be called or pulled towards that experience. And um, I feel like they are, um, well, one thing that they say is they say, you are our past, we are your future. Okay. That's interesting. It is. I still don't understand it fully, but I think how cool sometimes I think okay that's cool yeah that's interesting because um, you know I, I do want to get their uh, their insight on time mm -hmm. and the way past present and future functions especially from their perspective right um, but that's there's a lot of different implications in that statement yeah there is lots of, lots of variables right yeah 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 do you know if and um, in what way they have ever, if ever, existed in physical bodies? I do think so. Uh -huh. so, um, so sometimes I know that in some experiences over these many years, there have been times where maybe uh, out of the 12, there are, let's just say, maybe three who've actually incarnated and been in our world uh -huh. in 3D. And um, so that's why sometimes I don't think of them only as light beings, as a higher intelligence, you know, like angels only. Like mm -hmm. I some because I I I feel like they're souls as well. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, even if they're a light being, would they have a soul? M my opinion these days is yeah. So yeah. there's so much more. This goes so many layers, and we I find that what happens is people want to pigeonhole everything. Right. So they want to say if they're you know, not in the third dimension, then they're in spirit form, and that's all. Or they're on another planet, and that's all. You know? Well, yeah, coming from our point of view, it's easy to, to do things like that. Yeah. But, I mean, really, when, it, when you really look at it, I mean, what do we know? Well, and that's the thing, how they talk to us. Um, I really love how they try over and over and over again to broaden the way that we feel and see things, mm -hmm. feel about what it is we're experiencing, because we are just so narrow in our perspectives yeah. and our judgments, and they are constantly trying to like pull that open and let us see from their perspective or kind of take it in on a deeper level. And I think that that's where, that's where so much growth can happen. Yeah. That's, and that's why people who have had their times with Osira for I have people who've been coming for many years who, who grow spiritually in huge ways 
from these experiences, from the energy that they transmit energetically. Yeah, I felt that energy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, I felt it like coming off, coming off of you in waves the first right. time I saw you. I saw you channel. Wow, that's um, been a long time ago too. Yeah, it was probably four years ago. Awesome. Maybe a little more. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean. So you felt the energy. It felt similar to what I uh, experienced when I was having my Kundalini awakening where I felt like the atoms of my body were going to fly apart and yeah. like, all in different directions. Yeah. That it kind of felt like that. Like I felt like like I was being vibrated really right. really quickly. I love that. Yeah. I love that idea vibrating really really quickly because um, frequency is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. It's a great topic to talk about with them as well. Um, because we really are only that. Right. And um, to get in touch with that frequency issue or the, the way in which we are vibrating, because mm -hmm. that's when it was my first experience. I could see vibrating light. So I knew that this was not the way we think it is. Right. You know, and I, I've always just known that. It's been a known. And so um, they... Um, they definitely transmit through frequency of energy that we would call like palpable. I mm -hmm. could feel it. Yeah. Or and the downloads of information. Sometimes they say, you know, that they're just saying the language and the words. Um, how do I say? How do they say that? Um, because what they we like to to have language to think that we're learning something. Right. Really, when you were being vibrated and you're, they call that alignment they're get they're aligning they're helping to align us in a different way so that we reorient it's like um it's like waking up so the more you get into that kind of frequency you can come out of the deep sleep that somehow we go into yeah i got the feeling that that there was a lot more than just words being communicated totally and i, I mean i get that feeling um I always have that feeling, even when I'm communicating and, and talking with people, that there's that there's a lot more being exchanged than we can sense and understand. Right. But uh, but yeah, it was palpable. Cool. And it was um, obvious, you know, that there was a lot more going on. Right. And I, I really wonder um, what it's like from their side. Mm. Yeah, you should ask them. <laughs> yeah. I'm really right. Interested in what yeah. their what their perspective is on things. Um, so how, how has your experience of it changed then over time? Mm -hmm. So at first it was like learning how to let it come through, right? Uh -huh. um, I always sort of tell a part that I had two people who came into my life who, who basically Osira called out, basically said that they would come and help me. And they did, and they said yes. And that's just a story, beautiful story unto itself. But they sat with me um, for a good, better part of a year, pretty much once a week. And we, they just held the space and asked questions and let me go through some really weird and ugly process. <laughs> ugly because I judged it. Ugly because my ego was involved. Ugly because I didn't know what I was doing and I, didn't, I, I, I was willing to go through it. But many times I went kicking and screaming because I didn't. A lot of resistance. Yeah, big time. I'm like, what am I having to go through this for? Yeah. And a lot of it was to break down a lot of ego, a lot of stuff about what I would look like, what I would sound like, if I was how I was responsible I was, what a lot, a lot of fear. Yeah. Fear was, um, and it wasn't just about what people would think about me. 
it was fear that I now know was very much tied up into past life stuff. Like, you know, to be that kind of mouthpiece, oracle, whatever, you know, channeler, psychic, uh, midwife, uh, herbalist, (laughs) witch is what they would say. (laughs) No matter what you were doing, and you would be, uh, and many women and people, humans, not, not just women, but were persecuted not for anything they did. This is probably the first time in human history, at least since the beginning of civilization, uh, where you can really openly do this type of thing without having to worry about something like that. Right. You are so right. And it was something that uh, I started to realize that was true. And I, um, one of the, the, one of the women who was with me in that, there was a man and a woman and I, I worked with her to get through that block in myself on many layers, not just like my consciousness here today talking, but on a soul level, mm-hmm. you know, to to clear that energy that, you know, okay, that was then and that probably happened and there were like these memory recalls on some level and past life stuff, for sure. And, and it became apparent many years later, finally they sort of divulged, you could say, that I was definitely an oracle many, many lifetimes where I definitely was put to death for being the way that I was, which was very highly wired and could do like full blown was like a, a, a prophesier and, and could see things. And so um, in some ways they basically said for many lifetimes, basically for 12 lifetimes, not just, but there were specific 12 that I had done that kind of experience, that kind, so that in this lifetime, Sometimes when I say this, it it makes me, it still kind of blows my own mind, but that I did those 12 lifetimes so that I could have that like sort of a cellular thing on some level, on a soul level, Uh and to bring it into this lifetime so that I could literally hold 12 energies at once while doing channeling. Uh And Yeah, that brings in a whole other question about time and... Yeah. And how that how that works, um, right? I know preparing what, for something through many lifetimes that hasn't happened yet, right? But that, but that simultaneously is happening, happening because there is no time. time, right? Yeah, that's it's a whole because see, we don't know how to unravel that. We don't know how to unravel that really. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the questions that that raises really kind of. Um, even puts into question our way of looking at them as past lives. Yes, it does. And they don't talk about what, what they, and they may say this to you. Oh, I know that they pretty much say it in every, you know, one-on-one session, especially with people who are new to them. They often say pretty much every time, um, they can tell you many of your past lives and they do. Um, they don't do them for gratuitous sakes. Mm -hmm. You know, they do it for, for how tight how things tie into now or in your life now mm-hmm. um, but they say this they say this phrase um, so they tell us our, your past life and even though they'll say it like I'm, I'm bad paraphrasing but even though there's no time past present and future are simultaneously occurring we speak to you this is them they, they say we speak to you as if it is past because that's how you track time and so 
if they did it any other way, we would just be like lost, really. Right. We just could, we cannot hardly, barely at all conceive of the fact that what simultaneous realities are still occurring and so what I'm in all those 12 lifetimes did, or what thousands of lifetimes right now, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, but, but, well, wait, I'm right here. Right. So we don't have a full capacity at all to conceive of how that is, that that can simultaneously be happening time mm -hmm. and be here now. So they speak to us like that, like so they said to me, those 12 lifetimes was your way of integrating to get to here. So I accept that, mm -hmm. right? Because here I am and what it takes with the body and how the energies work through my body. I have a very strong constitution, so uh, I don't see this as any accident. I see as very much in line with what would have been or what is, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, so it, it is a very, it's complex. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is messages from the multiverse, so Yay. you know this this topic of parallel lives um, actually comes up a lot mm. um, because the uh, even just the concept of what a multiverse is, mm. you know that that kind of implies an endless Does. continuum of layers and realities. And Have you ever had an experience like a parallel bump up? Um, I've had past and future, mm -hmm. what I would say were past and future experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, one point, uh, a lot of them have been kind of spontaneous. Um, at one point I had a vision of me cultivating plants from another world. Mm. Um, that one was really, really clear. And then there have been some really interesting ones that kind of, were more like um, I was not in a physical mm -hmm. type of body, yeah. but I was interacting with I would with what I would say was like a conversation with the sun, mm. which was really interesting. Yeah, and that's awesome. that was that was probably the most intense. Um, that was really strange, and that was uh, at the same time. Even though I wasn't in a physical body, I felt like I was shape shifting into lots of different forms. Mm. And like the like the star that I was communicating with had something to do with that, something that it was showing me mm. about maybe life and creation and how how things are brought about. Mm. It was really I still don't understand the experience. Right. My my physical structure felt like it was just completely dissolved. Mm -hmm. like it was very heavily dissociated and right. completely completely gone out of any physical awareness right so that was really strange um, but never had what I would call a parallel life experience that I'm aware of so I've had um, a couple um, one that is very prominent in my memory and because I was actually just going about my day and I've had other kinds of experiences definitely in sort of dream time, definitely, like in those, you know, that, yeah, you that's know, you different. Just, yeah, yeah, you that, just triggered something. Yeah, and I mean, we get, I've gotten a lot of different kinds of experiences, and just those experiences alone could fill up a book, right? Mm -hmm. But the one that I had, which was, I'm, I'm in my house, I lived on Ho in Hawaii at the time, and I just, it's kind of just a plain day, I'm 
it went into the restroom and then we had this sort of longish restroom and so I got up and I was washing my hands and when I walked to the door between the sink basically and my hand opening the door I had this moment where I was not me and this dissolved the bathroom literally became not the bathroom and it like went into another experience where I was and it was black and white and I still don't understand and I've had a number of black and white mm -hmm. experiences and visions and things like that um, and I was it was literally like I popped over or it popped over and then I was somewhere someone else even though I was me mm -hmm. um, and the 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 room like where I was was tall altogether different and I don't know what it was but it felt like in some ways it was just it was right there on the other side of the door mm -hmm. it didn't feel like it was the future right and maybe it was but it felt like it was just it oops it just bled in uh -huh. and then by the time and what's weirder is by, by the time my hand got to the door I stopped and I woke myself back up out of it and I sort of go oh I'm literally out loud I said oh I was just somewhere else because it, it all happened in a matter of seconds but it felt like very long wow. and then and then when as I touched this door handle something shifted me back and I caught that it was that it was it was that it had happened so I, I always talk about that one because it was so I talked about it for days I'm like I was tripping <laughs> I'm like what was that why and I it didn't give me any profound message or you know it just sort of showed me something else um, yeah a lot of times it's not always a profound thing it just shows the possibility or right. that the probability and you said earlier about the multiverse I mean yeah, my experience is, is that there's so much going on here. As a clairvoyant, and too, being able to see in a space, energetically, there's so much more going on than what, in the dead space of what we see is nothing going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> space, um, air, invisible. Yeah. There's so much more happening. And we just do not have those eyes. Yeah. I mean, how, how could we... How could we live if we did? I think part, part of that is just the... The fact that we have to be able to survive and function in daily life when we're here in, in yeah. three-dimensional bodies totally and we have to be able to uh, navigate this world yeah get through it without having bombardment by a lion or something like that I think I think in the very beginning um, just the survival mechanism had to cause us to focus on what was just going on around right us here. as a basic way of keeping ourselves alive yeah I totally agree with that yeah so we do have to stay, like I say, it's like heavily focused. We, you know, when, when I come back from channeling, cause like, so I go out and what does that mean? Am, am I a trans channeler? I don't know. I mean, people want to give me the labels or they want to say what I do in a certain kind of way. I don't, I say to you what it is my experience. My experience is I feel like I go away. Mm -hmm. It can sometimes feel like hypnosis or it can sometimes feel like meditation or it can feel like a dream. Which are labels that we use yes. to put on something that's really a continuum of 
of, of who we are states of yes. consciousness and, mm-hmm. and they're they're not really separate things that's like saying that's a table and and uh, you know that's a computer but in reality things aren't separate that's and right we we do it to make things easier to understand that's right and but, that's what Osira talks about a lot is how um, the, the way we have separation mm-hmm. is just simply so we can play in this world the way we do yeah and and there's a lot of benefit from that it, it really does offer us a lot yeah we just forget we just don't know we don't remember that that is the container that we chose for that experience mm-hmm. the um, the the labels of all those things if people want to hear that or, or identify with that fine I mean I guess the best word would be trans channeler in some way um, but the truth is it's sort of like as a hypnotherapist you know it's like if the room was on fire or somebody needed to get up and and leave the space I mean it's like I can come back in a minute or right. a second yeah. right um, so I'm still very connected but I'm dis- dissociated would be a good way mm-hmm. and I think um, I have that gift <laughs> as a child I just learned how to dissociate well and um, I think that that can cause problems for some people and I also think that I was wired to do it to learn how to do this mm-hmm. so for me in my childhood I did do some of that and then I think that later in life it helped me to be able to be this that the wiring is there yeah. and so I do very much dissociate in some way so that's why I don't when I come back I don't remember the conversation you're having with them okay. there are bits and pieces and what I say, people say, well, do you have a channel for yourself? Um, and I say, not r- rarely, N- mostly because I'm too busy. <laughs> and second of all, because I really trust them and this process that I'm in as the human mm-hmm. and my life, I know on some level I'm getting those direct downloads. Right. And so I may not get them audibly consciously. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense for you to have to channel into a into a voice recorder and then listen to it for yourself and I don't want to yeah that stuff I'm sure you're getting the guidance that I am that you need. I do and so there and you're right so what I do is I just do it like other people do with their guides which is their guardians or their angels or their their people who've passed you talk to them yeah so I talk to Osira and I talk to my guardians my guides my people who passed too and um and I feel that I directly get that connection. I know when they're talking to me, for sure. There must be a pretty immense amount of trust there is. that you have for them. I do, and that's been challenged many times. But like I said in the beginning, like if you were to hear their original tapes of like me going through the process, I would pop in and out like crazy because I was just like freaking out. Okay. Me and my ego, yeah. my personality was just like, oh my god we can't be doing this right and like I would just pop out and I'd start crying I'd be just be so emotional because I was having to get over stuff whatever was me Mm -hmm. that was in the way of this pure channel coming through this clear downloading information that would actually be able to move out of my mouth I grace and her shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) had to get out of the way and so it wasn't pretty and I was a mess yeah and I find it fascinating when people think that they really want to channel and that they can just like oh as if they can just go well I believe my opinion of that because of my own process is that it is very possible that people can start to download information 
But if they have not done inner work, then their higher self or their lower self or their middle self, we could even say, is in the way. And so you will have a filter of someone's perceptions, their stuff, their judgments, their associations within. Yeah, that's going to go through all kinds of filters. It's going to. Yeah. And the thing that I do believe wholeheartedly, 1,000%, is because of the process of how my my work with myself. I, I, I put myself in therapy at 19. I was aware that there was some shit that needed to be clearing up within me at 19. Uh-huh. And so I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of groups. I did a lot of self-healing. I went to the, to the people, shamans and healers, long before it was like the thing. Uh-huh. Now it is. But you know, because there was always something calling me to do that. So I was always on this spiritual, I call it the spiritual path, but it's really the healing and the awakening spiritual path. Yeah, yeah, it's different um, than the strictly spiritual path because there's a, there's, a, there's a difference between doing it for spiritual enlightenment and, and then being able to actually use it to help people. Right, which I never knew. Like, I don't think I had a conscious awareness that that would be not, not only my life's path, right. but that that's what I wanted to even do it for. Like, you know, I was just doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I was really trying to heal me, to understand me. I've always been the seeker, right? I'm, I'm looking within. Yeah. I am trying to understand why I'm, you know, one thing one day and one thing another year. Two, you know, or two days later, you know, I'm I'm deeply seeking. Mm-hmm. So, but I, um, it became apparent when I was going through that process that this was a for something, for other people, for information for the world. Right. And you know, if we think about that too, it was leading up to 2012. I'm sure that we were all in sort of some. Most of us, a lot of us, were in that kind of thought about waking up something. Yeah. You know, and little did I know that lots of people were having those experiences. I was, it was not like there was a group for us going around. Right. You know, I'm having a Kundalini awakening over here. Yeah. That wasn't happening. So I think there were a lot of people doing this, going through things, and there were the leaders who, I mean, I say leaders, the ones who had come before us who'd done it too, and sort of were kind of holding that space, and we're, that's what we're still doing. Yeah. You know, we're all kind of waking up a little more, and then we hold that space for the other ones who are waking up too and a lot of the ones who are waking up now are even more freaking awake than I ever was when I was waking up and so I'm holding the space and they're teaching me stuff but I'm holding the space because I've been through the I've been through the fire yeah so um yeah it's been quite a journey yeah quite yeah I think I I kind of got lucky with um with my process because I I had discovered sacred geometry oh yeah and the merkaba oh yeah meditation and stuff like that so sacred geometry literally for me started to manifest in particles of light Uh in rooms where i was in i would be getting ready to sleep and whether or not the room with the light was still on or if it was off all of a sudden i would visually see energy form in the mid of air in vibrating particles of light and it would come together and I was I didn't even drink alcohol mm-hmm. I took no drugs and I was seeing the flower of life yeah. manifest in vibrating golden light and it would come together and make this pattern and I did not know what was going on mm-hmm. 
that was some of the first visuals. I mean, then that's why I say, you know, people can think they're losing their mind. Right. Like, what the hell? Uh, why is this in mid space in my in a in a bedroom? Yeah. Why is that showing up? And and not knowing that those those shapes and those energies and and relationships that make up sacred geometry are are connected to creation right and the the fundamental laws of reality that's right and not knowing that would leave you just probably thinking that you were hallucinating and not seeing something transcendent right which you know in some of those cases when i would see things that would literally manifest i've even seen which is really really kind of crazy feeling um is this the codes the green uh-huh. codes like in the matrix i was lived in a different house at that time and um one night I went to bed and I started to go to sleep and I woke up because I was seeing them behind my eyelids. So I literally sat up and opened my eyes and it was still there in the room. And I didn't understand. Why am I seeing those numbers and those codes? And they were literally falling up and down like this and they were moving. And I'm like, I had seen the matrix all those years later, 1999, right? But that was literally a thing that came into physical manifestation. But why? I still didn't know why. When the flower of life came I I honestly just sort of wanted it to go away because I didn't understand it Mm -hmm. there was another thing where it came from the ceiling almost and it kind of came down and and manifested this kind of glowing uh, almost like a breathing energy of an orb of light and it was round and it was it was green it was like lime electric green and it was pulsating and it I, I was so freaked out by that. That was one of the, kind of one of the first ones, but I was so freaked out, like, what? What is this? That I said, you need to go. And I put my hand up and said, you need to go. And in truth, the weirdest thing happened in those moments after it took quite a while, it sort of t- took its time receding. But as it was going and I watched it, I was wide awake, I was up in, sitting up in my bed, I was fully conscious, I was moving around, I was looking at it, it was dissipating slower and slower and slower. And as it was dissipating, I felt this sort of sadness that it was experiencing, or it was letting me know there was sadness that I didn't receive it or something, that there was a consciousness there that was kind of, I guess you could say, opened a door. And I said no. Hmm. And I don't say that I regret it, but I, I still feel a little bad because I wish I would have received that information. But hmm. I understand that we we have fear of the unknown. Yeah, and people who can receive in the way you can are really kind of like beacons. Yes. I and mean, you put out this, this light that attracts... That. Yeah. Anything. Lots of things. I had to learn that too. Yeah. And I, you are exactly right. Um, that I became aware and various people ended up randomly kind of, isn't it weird how synchronistic events happen, but certain kinds of people went, came into my life and said things out of the blue, not knowing who I was or what I did. And various times said things like I can remember one person said, you know, out of the blue just said to me, who I barely knew, uh, said to me, you know that if you're, uh, uh, the larger your light and the bigger the beacon, the stronger the force, the more that will come. Huh. I was like, what? Uh-huh. Literally, this guy said that to me as if he knew me, yeah. as if he knew what, 
And um, I was blown away at that moment. I was just like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I didn't let on anything. And I took that back with me. In that moment, I just took it with me. And I was like, whoa. So he came to deliver a message to me for me to like get a bigger perspective mm -hmm. of what I was and who I am and how, how to take care of myself in that. But in the beginning, I was a wide open, big be beacon. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, since we, we were getting... Yeah, I don't even know what time way, it is. <laughs> I'd like to, if we can, um, have mm -hmm. a little bit of time to yeah. uh, speak to Osira. <clears throat> All right. So, yep, here they come. I'll just go in and they'll come in and start talking. Um, one thing you didn't ask me about but you had kind of mentioned at the beginning that you wanted me to answer. Um, I do channel more than Osira. Sometimes um, Mother Mary has come through. Mm -hmm. I have a strong connection to her, I guess. Um, and so that's a whole other topic, right? It's a big one because people have associations with that. And right. So, um, and sometimes I just say she's the Divine Mother energy. And so that's the channel, right? Yeah. And we just label her, right? Sure, so yeah. we could label her, you know, many names. Um, so that's another one. But, yeah, I mean, I've definitely channeled other. I was present in your group mm. session when you channeled her. Oh, I did? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, that was a completely different energy. Yeah, I know. Completely, much slower. Right. It was not. It was not such a like a hum type of like really really high vibration it was a lot more kind of purple feeling oh. a lot more like violet right you know? oh so true i like that yeah so different which is so awesome for visual experience right because to kind of feel that especially coming through me and the experience with being in the room with that very different yeah so there's there's a number of those that i channel people sometimes ask me if i can channel um, loved ones and um, I don't basically the kind of agreement yeah yeah could, because yeah there's lots of reasons why a whole lot of yeah baggage going on with that totally one. and I already have to kind of in some ways uh, as time has gone on I deal with enough of that yeah. right now just to keep my frequency my energy my body keep the flow going and not to get too tired most of the time I feel pretty um uplifted by it all mm -hmm. um, but I definitely am experiencing it in waves and changes over time and it's just uh, you know sometimes I think to myself honestly I don't know how long I'll do this right. will I be able to maintain doing this for, for what we call the rest of my life maybe maybe not it might be a decision I make but for now um, as long as it feels good enough mm -hmm. and good and like I'm serving others and helping, and I'm not totally depleting myself, then I'll keep doing it. Well, maybe at some point you might get an idea of if there is something that that you're working toward with them that mm. might be at completion at some point. You know, maybe they have maybe they have an end game of some kind in mind, or, mm -hmm. or maybe this is just part of their their constant effort right you know? to assist us yeah yeah 
I think that's part of it. I think there could be parts of an end game. I think that there's more things than just one landing. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, <clears throat> for people listening, I don't have to do anything. I just, I just breathe and relax. I'm. It's like um being super trained. And when they start to come in, I yawn a lot. So, <clears throat> I'll see you soon. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Indeed, greetings to you, dear one. We are that one known as Osaira. And we are, in fact, overjoyed to be in this alignment with you. We are recognizing you. We are recognizing this configuration of energy moving between you and our beloved channel. We are that collective of 12 known as Osaira. And it is our utmost joy, our sheerest pleasure to be in this configuration, this alignment, this receivership, and this offering that you are doing here today. We say to you, it is our joy, and absolutely, you could call it our mission, benevolent mission that it is. We are a collective of 12 light beings you could say many of us from a family who choose to be connected to humanity in the way of the way of the way of the way that you are walking upon this planet the way in which you have offered yourselves to be here now as you are experiencing reality the way in which you are moving the evolution of consciousness forward it is our joy to be in assistance in all ways possible to that and we love the opportunity at any given point to be in this configuration shall we begin hi thank you for being here mm, um, indeed yeah, when you uh right before you came in i really felt you come in that was that was pretty intense. There was kind of a euphoric feeling going through me. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for being here. Uh, you bring a lot of energy, I can tell, and I'd like to um, jump right in and, and kind of maybe get an idea of what that energy is and what your substance is, uh, what forms you take, um, and, and where you're from. Mm. So we appreciate your recognition and it is because you are the sensitive one that you are, that you are picking it up, that you are receiving it. It is a wonderful day when we have the connection like that with our human friends. And so we say, good job on you, dear one. Thank you. <laughs> indeed, indeed. The connection that we share with our beloved channel moving into the space is a, um, hmm, how shall we say it, it is an operation that has taken its uh, expanded course. And so, our consciousness moves how you say we agree that uh, the, we agree to how it is that we would come forth through her in the way that it looks like through the body with our energy speaking through her and the language you have you share we say to you that it is as you understand already uh, uh, an effort of our slowing down the frequency that which we are but has been truly uh, 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 
an evolutionary process, how should we say that better than that, a way in which has moved through her so that there is receivership of uh, the emanation, the voice and the recognition work in tandem with frequency. That is the best way we can say it. We put language to it, pulling it from her consciousness of languaging, and we say to you it is truly the most limited part of the energetic exchange. And so we often say to our human friends who are either in what you would call the groups or the one-on-one -on -one sessions is that the connection is felt by you far more than what is received by the thinking mind. Mm -hmm. The energetics that happen between you, our body, the body with the channel, and the energy that is outputting and coming into the space. There are 12 of us and it is literally that we, it is like holding the space. It is like creating a circle. It is not that we have all entered into her body. You could say it like that. And so we stand, it is almost like holding vigil, and we stand around the energetics of whoever is in front or whoever is in the group, and we align with this movement energetically as a force that runs through in the consciousness of our beloved channel out through her mouth. And when we do that, it is, mm, it is moving consciousness. How can we say that better? It is an alignment of frequencies. Now these frequencies that you felt, dear one, are, are what life really is about. Hmm. Uh, the frequencies of language themselves. It's never about the words as they are said. If we say word, love, 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 it is not love that is the word of the frequency, although it, it itself has a higher frequency, can be measured, you could say, but it is, it is always the actual alignment of the frequency to the word. So you could bring love energy to the word sponge. Ha! Mm -hmm. You could shift uh, your consciousness to not even hear what it is these words are saying and just sit in this uh, experience with us and feel the effects. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that um, in some way connected to intention then behind our communication? This is a good way to say it, yes. Intention, how shall we say that? Mm, intention, yes, there is like a frequency adjustment. That is the best way to say it. So you focus on frequency and in your minds, the way you think, the way the brain computer is working is you think of it as an intention that puts a frequency to it. Does that make sense? So we're imprinting kind of onto the word? That, that is a good way to say it. Very good way to say it. Yes, it is like we are choosing, you are choosing, we, you are choosing the way the frequency lands with the words. We have always said uh, for all of these years of conversation with our beloved channel, we say we have always said that it is a uh, frequency that you are experiencing and it is not the actual words. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> intention has a lot of frequency. If you are intending on harming someone, there will be that energetic felt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. If you are not intending on harming someone, there is something different there in that frequency. When we speak to our human friends too, we say that it is coded. We try to meet all of you where you are at, and that is something that is very important because you are all at various kinds of, we'll say, stages or levels of the expansion that you came for. 
And so if we are in a group conversation, we are really and truly trying to meet you all on different levels with the languaging. And the languaging literally drops into you each very differently. So it is literally, if you can visualize yourself as a, a being that is made compi comprised not of the flesh and bone that you see, but it was a light being that we are transmitting through the code of the language, the codes that drop into your codes to fire and wake you up. So it is true to say that everyone is experiencing something very different when you are in a group with us. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Very good. Thank you. Um, so speaking of codes, how is your um, substance encoded? Do you have anything like similar to what we would call DNA, like we physical structured beings have? So what we could say, how shall we say that? This is not the same the way you have DNA in your in your physical bodies, you could say, right? right. Uh, or the bones, even. Uh, we are comprised truly of light and light and how the best way some perceive us is spirit energy. So, but what we will say about that is that that makes us no less in consciousness. Right. In fact. It is a freedom that is very different when you're in the third dimension, third dimensional form, having the density of the human body gives you so many opportunities to learn, experience, expand, and grow. That is why you come. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, very limiting, 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 <laughs> yes, limiting to your experience. It is limited to third dimensional reality to a certain degree until you expand. Okay. We different dimensional consciousness is that we are meaning we are not just all sitting around on a different frequency of consciousness and or on the other side as some say having a experience waiting to talk to you all we're having our own individual experiences as well and collectively as well and it is met at different levels too because we are all expanding as well there is no fixed place you end up. Huh. You are all, and we are all, in expansion. That is what this called universe, multiverse, is. It is expansion. Ever, ever continuing expansion. That is what creation herself is. And we say it like that because we give a big smile. <laughs> there is nothing but expansion and creation constantly. And the expansion that you are all experiencing when you are in the third dimension is to what we say one of the chief missions many 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 human beings are on this planet for at this time particularly is to expand in consciousness while having a form called the body okay so you will carry around a body you will be in the density of third dimension and you will also expand really, truly, clearly understanding that you are far more than the body and you will merge the two in a higher collective consciousness, which is literally for the change in the expansion of the evolution of your planet. Okay, great. That, that brings us to a question that I really wanted to ask, which is um, kind of centered around part of the human story that includes the thought that we are not living up to our full potential mm. um, that we either have uh, a large amount of our dna that's not either activated or being used or inert or that we um, are not actualizing our full intellectual capacity our full creative potential um, being misdirected or or just confused from your perspective um, 
how can we more fully actualize and, and realize our potential as uh, human beings, uh, including our potential uh, and ability to communicate and go beyond language itself? Mm -hmm. We love this question so very much, so layered and so big. We love it, we love it, we love it. So there are many ways you are all doing it, and, and, and we would say that there are those of you who are what we call the forerunners. You are the, you are the way showers. You are the, you are on the ground team, and you are moving quickly to expand yourselves. And you are the placeholders, you could say, in that kind of way, uh, for all of humanity. And what happens when even one wakes up to the capacity that is fuller within them? They are energetically a vibration that shifts and helps others. So one person wakening is a great thing and assistance first we must say that so for humans to not minimize that their journey is an expanded life experience how to do that comes in many different forms based upon the codings that you bring into this lifetime meaning that you choose a lifetime though some people might have uh, conflict with that idea you truly do choose your life experience you say we say to you you choose your family dynamics you physically choose where you will be on the born into the cultures and the uh, regions upon the planet and you do so so that you may offer yourself the greatest capacity for your growth now sometimes that growth to human beings looks as if how could they have picked that to want to expand and you cannot ever judge another person's journey that we simply say as if we could give you one of the greatest lessons that could change your realities it quite literally would be that you can never really ever look into another's life and have any placement of judgment of right or right or wrong because you do not know what it is that that soul has incarnated for and that is a very big and very important piece for humanity at this time that the way you perceive others and the way that you have judgment of others is quite literally causing you the most suffering. Okay. So we will go back to part of what you said in the beginning with your question. One of the things you can do is to learn how to become unplugged from the judgment because this is what will free up your codes of expansion, wake you up, have you follow your internal guidance more, plug into what is possible, uh, multi-dimensionally and language is not necessarily just a hindrance and, and it, it the way that you ask the question as if it is a hindrance in many ways it is not it is part of the code keeper you have language so that you can translate share story communicate energetically as well with the words there's frequency that lands in you and between you when you have conversation when you have language and it is an important key in the bigger 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 picture right so we say not that it is uh, we have many times said it is the greatest inhibitor it's the hardest thing for us with language this is what we must do but we recognize the value inherently in it so it is dropping tons as you would say of codes through the language you just don't recognize that it's codes you think of them as words and you are making sense of the words in your brain we say your language very much serves the overall experience of being human mm -hmm. 
then we would say in regards to the DNA, the DNA, the RNA, the way in which you are coded in physical form, you are most definitely not using all of your quote abilities uh, or, or, or all that is not strung together and lit up you could say. And uh, that we believe to tell you in time will begin to shift. But we will say this, there is a, a how should we go on that route? There is a way that on your planet there is much having to do with computers and what you would say intelligence, AI you call it. Uh -huh. And this is a part of, of, of um, how should we say that? You are, are confronting, yes, uh, the duality of computers and information highways like that regarding AI and what you are capable of as human beings. But you are manifesting it outside of yourself as in a AI information piece, but really it is all there within you. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Part of um, you know, one of the, the questions that, that came up as I was contemplating this, this conversation was um, about the possibility that our technology is um, part of the natural expression of our biology and part of the natural expression of our consciousness coming to a higher level, our ability to take something that we have within us, turn it into an image, put it into an object that then can take um, our ideas further um, and then also can go as far as taking us biologically to other worlds or, or whatever, it, that is it part of the natural expression of this plan of creation, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I love it how you are perceiving. So we would say yes and yes. Uh, one of the things we say, it is similar to giving the example of your cellular phones. You mm -hmm. all seem to have them and they plug into you and there are all kinds of ways that you are using these uh, all the time now. And one of the things that is happening, it is, uh, how should we say, it is replicating in some ways how you are all telepathically communicating all the time. Uh -huh. And so that is a good example for you to see how you are linking things up in the progression of your evolution. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. And we, we say to you that uh, here you sit in this timeline at this moment in your so-called 2016, you call it, and we recognize that through our beloved channel. We also recognize that how it is, even in the conversation you have had with her, having to do with the way that things have speeded up. You are all recognizing the speed up. And it is not just your information highway called the World Wide Internet Web. You are all uh, are accessing the potentiality to your interconnectedness. And the world is going to expand in many, many ways. There is also what we would say to you is the need for the things that do not serve that must fall away. So in, in, in creating new life, sometimes there is things that must go. You, you move to a new house, it is a bigger house, you want this house that feels better to you, it is surrounded by trees, you prefer it now at the stage of your life, you would like to have that versus what you liked so much when you were 16 or 18 or 22, and now you move into a bigger house that feels comfortable and has the green trees around it, whereas before you preferred to live in the city at the fast pace and go, 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 and now you have to let go of some of those things from your past at that age and to move into this new level of your experience. Does that make sense? Yes. It's simplistic, but so very true. You are doing that on the planet and you see it 
at a worldwide level. Okay. Um, I, uh, I prepared a, a little bit by kind of uh, reaching out to some of my listeners to see what other questions some of them might have for you. Mm-hmm. And one question came up that I thought was really interesting, and it was a question of birthrights and whether we as human beings have um, what we would call birthrights, and if so, where they come from and how are they maintained, or I guess I don't want to use the word enforced, but what, what would be, if we do have them, the source of those rights? So what does this mean, birthrights? We are confused by that, the, um, the quote-unquote-ness of kind it. Kind of like what it would be um, described as something like, um, because we're here and human beings, there are certain inalienable rights mm. that we have. So what we would say to you is, you have inalienable rights and uh, being human because you have come to be. Okay. You are in a physical body, you have certain rights, you, you have chosen to be uh, in a human body, but you also choose how you live a life or where you live a life or um, the circumstances, you could say. Some people will choose a life that seems to take away in their experience, their inalienable rights. Uh-huh. That does not mean that they didn't have them. It means they opted for an experience of that experience to quote unquote not have them. Uh-huh. And that is gifting the soul something that humanity, people cannot look in on and say, oh, well, they're learning that lesson. Do you see what you're saying? Yeah. So, uh, Inalienable rights. When you say who's giving it, uh, it because you are giving it. You have you have you have literally chosen to come to be in a physical body. Uh, it is as we would say. It is an, an incredibly wonderful, awful, horrible, beautiful, amazing, loving, torturous experience. <laughs> you have gifted yourself with every possibility coming again to be in the human body, and the suffering you experience in the human field of consciousness, the way in which this third dimensional density is dense, the way in which you look around the world and say, it seems as if you are in, uh, 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 as our, our channel sometimes says, crazy town. You are in upside down, seems right side up here. And there are things that make no sense and seem so quote wrong. And yet you bring yourselves here again and again for all that that offers you, but you don't remember how big that important point is, how it is that you are gifted through your experience, the things you want to feel and experience and learn. And it is that you take that with you on many, uh, in many ways, in many levels, where you return to the soul essence that you are. The soul essence that you are is, as we say very often, you are all the oneness, you are the creation itself, you are life's breath, you are inherently, you have inherent inalienable rights because you are the God particle, you are the it, you are all of it, you are all of creation, you are not separate from creation, you are not separate from us, you are not separate from the stars, you are not separate at all, but you are heavily, heavily focused in a life. You've created a body. You opted for this journey. You took the ride. As some say, buy the ticket, take the ride. That is what you have done. And you do it for the greatest experience of the soul's opportunity to expand more and more, to literally have experience. Some come to this planet and have what you would call, judge as, a horrible, horrific experience of life and death. 
some who come and have nothing but what you would perceive of as complete suffering. But there is always some, what we would say, the way we would say it is a, a purpose in it. And only that soul knows what it is. But it all is a divine design. And the divine design is the wholeness that you are, the holiness that you all are, which is literally the creation itself. You are the breath of life and you come in form with a body to have the breath of life. Now, streaming that back to your question about inalienable rights, you choose to have them the way that you have them in a lifetime. Overall, it is your choice, your choosing. You are creator. You are the one manifesting the creation of your life experience. That is very difficult for some of our human friends to conceive of, especially when they are heavily drenched in ideas or thought forms or programming, however you want to say it, the dogma, even what we will say of the religion. Mm -hmm. Because this holds you very tenuous, ten, 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 very tightly to ideas of what you think you are doing here. Mm -hmm. Truth is, you don't believe you have any power at all and that's what creates your suffering. Okay. Humanity has been bred that for a very, very long time. And so there is a change in the air, we could say. Uh -huh. There is much that is coming for you to realize you are the creators, you are the manifestors, you are co-creating. And this is an inalienable right because you come. But you have to wake up first to what it is that you came for. And so many are. And when you think of the idea that you come in a human body and you should have, you should, quote, should, should, have, uh, uh, inalienable rights? Well, the truth is you do, and you've chosen how they are for you. So take a stand within yourself, however that is. If this reaches one who feels that they have no rights, let us say if you are a person who was in prison, if you are chained to a wall, you still have your freedom. Why? Because your freedom lies within. You can literally be chained to a wall and absolutely experience freedom. Most people are not chained to a wall and they are walking around as if they are in prison. Mm. And you have come to set yourselves free to realize you are the creator of that prison or your freedom. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Definitely. Is that helpful? Sound, yes, absolutely. It sounds like interwoven throughout that answer is um, the concept of free will. Mm. And that being linked to our ability to create our own reality, which a lot of people nowadays say, but think that it's a cliche. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for that answer. That, that did make a lot of sense. Wonderful. Um, now, because we don't have uh, forever to, to speak, I, I wish we did. Oh, we wish um, we did too. I'd like to... Uh, Do I'd it like again? Okay. <laughs> I'd like to ask you that if you were me... Uh, what question would you ask yourself? If we were you, what would you ask yourself? Yeah. What would, what, if you were me, what would you ask Osira? What would be the most important uh, question you could think of? Mm. So we love that. That is the first. Okay, good. We love it. <laughs> we truly do. Uh, the one thing that we would ask us, if we were you, would be how to set yourself free. Okay. And we might feel, even you might feel, that this seems to be almost cliche when we answer. But it truly is the truth. It is the journey within. How you set yourself free is to find out who you really are. To go within yourself and really deeply explore, deep dive 
in whatever ways you possibly can to witness yourself as a beingness, as a consciousness, as the one who is not the personality, the name, the place, the wounds, the experiencer, the one who is all, all that ever has been and all that ever will be. When you tap into that, when you have a direct connection to that, your expansion ignites. That is what we would say sets you free. Does that make sense to yes, you? Yes, great, thank you. Mm -hmm. Is there is there anything that um, that you find to be a great mystery? Hmm. We love that question too. We we absolutely must tell you, dear one, that we are absolutely enthralled with this conversation with you, oh, good, and we you. would love more with you. So we will say that, putting that out there on the record, as they say, yes. Uh, we say to you. From our perspective and from our vantage point, the broadness of our experience, the broadness of our receiving, allows us to be in connection to, how shall we say that? How shall we say that? It sounds so simplistic again, but we are literally in the field of awareness with the infinite, 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 Infant, infinity, how shall we say that? We cannot find the word. With all that there is. And so it is not to say that we don't have questions, you could say. Mm -hmm. It is like having an awareness of all things simultaneously, but you cannot pinpoint anything. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So, what we do, you could say what we do, we are beings in light form, and that's just the best way to say it, simplistic way. If you could visualize it, we are literally particles of light in consciousness. Sometimes it looks like form of what you say is like a physical body of form, the, the meat suit you say, mm -hmm. and uh, what we are the form of light. And yet, when we are where we are, you could say it like that, we are in connection to all that is. And the only question we ever have on some levels is how much more can I expand? And part of this expansion, you could say, is our intentional purposes for being in connection with our beloved channel and that we are all in this, quote, house of Osira. Because in this kind of way, we expand. It is like, <clears throat> it is like a magnet, yes? And a magnet can be pulled and then the things that are attracted to it come together. Uh -huh. This is what we are individually, but we come together as a bigger magnet. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. And so with that, we reach a wider perspective of the infin infinity that there is of consciousness, and we are plugged into it. So it's almost like the more, the better. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So at some point, we could say it like this to you. Souls, no matter where they are from or what they do or have been or how many lifetimes, they make choices. You all, we all make choices to come here, as you say, go other places, experience life simultaneously in what you would call the time-space continuum. is what you would call there is no time, how should we say that, past, present, and future simultaneously occurring. But there is a heavy focus. 
When you are heavily focused as a human being, you are having the experience of being that human being. You are not hardwired yet in human being form to be in full contact all the time. And for some of those who have been like that, well, at times human beings call those ones mentally ill. Mm. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. And so when you are a soul at some time, if you are in a physical body, you are continuing to desire to expand. When you are where we are, and that is giving it a quote unquote where we uh -huh. are, we say to you, we are still in that desire, only our desire has gotten broader. It includes the idea of allness, it includes all of creation, it includes all of beingness, it includes all of humanity, it includes what you would call all of life. So it is like we have decided to be of service, you could say, to all of life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And with that connection, there is a broader reach. And with that, there is an evolutionary turn in expansion. And we don't just mean an evolutionary turn on humanity's platform called Earth. We mean in the overall big scheme of the oneness that is experiencing itself as the God particle or the God particles of all that exists. Now, we know that we tend to lay out a whole lot of pieces and we we truly mean to on purpose because we want to get you thinking and we want to get you feeling and we want to get you questioning and we want to get you expanding and so all of our words literally lay in to different people at different rates and they will ask questions and they will expand based upon the things that we throw in here in conversation which is all very purposeful for this expansion and we absolutely want to have the opportunity to be able to string these things back together for you if it is possible. Great, thank you. I, uh, I just, I really wanna thank you for coming and, and sharing your uh, words, your communication, your wisdom, your message with us. Uh, the invitation is always open for you to return for more of a conversation. Absolutely. Uh, maybe love a little it. bit longer of a conversation next time. Yes, let's um, do that. And uh, thank you very much. We we are getting to the point where uh, we needed to bring your beloved channel back to make sure that she has enough time to be able to fit her life into this day. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you. It is our absolute joy, dear one. We feel to say to you very clearly, you are being of service in the most wonderful way. We are honored to be in connection with you. And we feel to say to you, this is but just the beginning. We <laughs> absolutely look forward to more. And we say we bid you the most magical, happy, loving adieu. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Woo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what does it feel like for you now coming back? Um, it's just, it's fine. It's like, it's not a thing. Um, I feel slightly sometimes disoriented and a little like, kind of dizzy you could say or sort of uh yeah not quite like landed mm -hmm. a little ungrounded um I can feel that they're still very present in the room like they're you know maybe they they went off and I came back but I'm still feeling connected to them really strong um sometimes for me too what happens is I'm not um off with them and so I feel like 
sometimes I sort of see like they see or I'm still plugged into that realm, you could say. And sometimes that's when my clairvoyance especially is just really high. Um, yeah, but other than that, I feel good. And they feel good to me right now. Like, they feel like they thoroughly enjoyed it. And, like, almost like, it's almost like they're, like, really jazzed. <laughs> it's like they're like, yeah, all right. And I'm feeling that feeling move through me. They said they enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I, they, I can feel that they feel they like they liked it. And I think what they liked, in my opinion, is kind of coming through is, they liked your questions and they liked being able to give a wider opportunity. That's that's it too. Like this is a good thing. Like yeah. a really good thing. That was great. Yeah. So um, you know, before we before we end the, mm-hmm. this this episode, I'd just like to ask you, um, you know, if you had a, a message, if you had something you wanted to say to the entire world, to all of creation, mm. this is your opportunity. Oh, that's so good. So sweet. Um, hmm. Wow. I haven't been asked that personally myself. Um, I would say that I think for many, many people, there's so much more going on for people. People are, I really, I mean, in my practice, I definitely still am doing one-on-one sessions, right? Like this with someone for them. I do that all over for Skype and all over the world and then in person still. Um, but then I do the group channelings. But one other aspect that I've recently incorporated in into my work, you could say, into my mission, is to help people who are experiencing an awakening. Everybody's experience of quote unquote awakening um, is different. But there are a lot of things that are kind of similar. And, and I feel like if you are a person who is experiencing something that is shifting big time, perception-wise, energetically, you know, I have people reaching out to me. They are seeing and feeling and experiencing things, big time. So people used to say a lot of times the veils are thinning. They are, and we are speeding up in that process. And so to maybe not be afraid of it and to try to um, deeply, I guess, follow the highest road with it, if there is a calling, if there is something, and if you find need to find a teacher or someone who can hold your hand, that was really important to me. At some points, I really needed to know that I was stable and that I could navigate. I always felt like I had one foot in and one foot out. And when it got really, meaning in one foot in this world and one foot in another world, you could say. And I um, really needed to have someone say, you can do that. You can do it. There are many people who've done it before. So it gave me sort of that confidence, I guess, to stand in that. But I will tell you, people have a hard time owning this stuff for what the world projects onto it. And I understand that a lot because I had to get over some serious stuff in order to claim this part of myself Mm -hmm. or this experience of my life. And so for anybody who's out there, that these things go on and it's it's um, it can be incredibly awesome it can be super super helpful and you get to navigate that based upon what you desire too, what you want in your life experience I don't think we have to be at the mercy really of anything there's always ways to change our situation um, 
So, yeah, um, having a person or people to be able to talk about stuff like this, if that's something that people are going through out in humanity, I would say that please trust that, um, you know, and turn towards ways that support you in the highest and best ways. Because we didn't come here to, to totally suffer. We came to transcend the suffering. Right. We really did. And um, I see myself sometimes feeling and knowing so much that I have known and experienced, and yet often triggered back into my own choices of suffering. Mm-hmm. And then there is my opportunity again. Every time is my opportunity, whoa, I gotta grow here, I gotta look here, I gotta clear here, I gotta heal here, I gotta shift that out here, and then I gotta allow something amazing to come in its place. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's what we're doing. I think we are creating a new earth, like Eckhart Tolle says, Mm -hmm. Um, and we are these pioneers. So I have felt like a pioneer in this lifetime, in many different ways in my life, in myself. And I feel like, um, so what it took for the pioneers, the, tr- the pioneers of this country to come across, you know, yeah. to the West, I think of that as like, now we are pioneers for a new way of living mm-hmm. on this planet. And we really have a choice. And, you know, what side of things do you want to be a part of? Right. And so... Um, if you're having really strong things going on or curious about things, follow them and find good reflections, mm-hmm. good people. I feel like that's what Osira is. They are, they are good people. They are wanting our highest and they are wanting our souls to expand to the widest capacity in a lifetime because then we, we really are bridging the new world. Mm-hmm. So that's some of what I would say. There you have it, Grace Kavanaugh and Osira. I believe that there is something in their message and their wisdom that can help everyone listening. Try and remain open to what Osira calls the code being transmitted with the words themselves. There's so much more than simple mouth sounds to this. To me, the message is clear. Expand your consciousness. Do it in any way that you can because expanding consciousness will never require you or anyone around you to sacrifice their dignity, goodness, morality, or power. True power is found in total ownership of your status as the creator itself. We all have within us that which gives rise to reality. We're not talking in new age metaphors, cliches, isms, or dogmas. We're talking literal truth about the nature of existence in a multiverse which only exists through the active participation of and creative interaction with minded, sentient, conscious beings. Without the observer, the creator, the participant, Nothing exists. We are all those things and more. If we can all get to the point where we can stop being the victim of forces which we tell ourselves are beyond our power to influence, stop believing that things happen to us instead of happening for us, and start to really look within ourselves for that source, the spirit, that center of God consciousness, or whatever you want to call it, then we can truly create the world, the universe, the multiverse of our highest and truest vision. Osiris said it very clearly, our inalienable birthright is the right to create our own reality, and we can set ourselves free by going within, by getting to know ourselves, because you are the creator, I am the creator, in all its forms and reflections, all its manifestations and emanations, 
and by expanding as much as we can, we can literally encompass all that there is and more. There is quite literally no end to what we as conscious spiritual beings can create. So ask yourself, what am I creating? Consciousness is the key to all of it. What kind of consciousness am I holding, emanating, sending, and receiving? If you ask these questions and then work to improve the answers every day, we can make the entire multiverse a vision of total and complete perfection, self-creating, self-perfecting, and self-reconciling. I want to thank you all for joining us here and supporting the show. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest for Messages from the Multiverse, please contact us at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com. If you wish to contact me directly regarding my hypnotherapy or shamanic practice, educational presentations and workshops, or speaking engagements, you can email me at ian at hypnotropia.com. That's I-A-N at H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A dot com. You can also learn more about me, this podcast, and hypnotropia by visiting the website www.hypnotropia.com. Messages from the Multiverse is available for subscription on iTunes and Apple's iOS podcast app on your mobile devices and can also be found at soundcloud.com or on the SoundCloud app for your smartphone or tablet. Also available at hypnotropia.com and the Google Play Music Store. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans, and our planet. Be well.